Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Okay, so episode 52, classification. Episode 52 would have been our one year mark, only if we hadn't done that whole week of immunity. So now it's more like episode 56 maybe? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. In the next month it is. So, we are going to define the term species, and we're going to do that today and make sure we keep going over it, and we'll also talk about it again next week as well to keep recalling it all the time. And we're going to talk about the phylogenic classification system that arranges species into groups based on their evolutionary origins and relationships. We're going to talk about those groups being taxons, and it works in its like a hierarchy of classification. And we're also going to talk about binomial naming. So it's a fairly short episode, but hopefully should be interesting. Do you remember anything about what the term species means from last week? A group that can, uh, that can, they have to make more of the same species to make more species. A group of individuals or that, that are really similar, that can interbreed. To make more yeah, okay. so their offspring are also fertile. Yeah. Yeah, so you're saying, like, they have to be able to continue the line of their species. Yeah. Yeah, good. That's exactly right. Yeah, just just with the right word in. So a group of individuals, very similar individuals, that are capable of breeding and producing fertile offspring. That's the idea. Now, species is the smallest taxon or smallest group in taxonomy, which is a system that we use to classify every living thing via their evolutionary relationships. We're going to talk about the naming of different organisms and how we organise them into those groups, okay? Now, there is a resource, so if you pull up, it should be episode 52 resource. Yeah, so you've got like a couple of wolves and you've got like the classification system. There's eight levels that you can see from domain down to species. So every single living thing is classified into a group on each level. We call this a hierarchy. So you've got smaller groups within larger groups with absolutely no overlap whatsoever. The biggest group, or taxon even, is the domain. Within the domain, there are three groups. You have got the eukarya, bacteria and archaea. They are the three groups in the domain. Cells. It's basically based on what cell types there are, yeah. We are in the eukarya, so human beings are in the eukarya domain, as are the wolves on the screen, as are all animals and plants. You've then got the bacteria domain and then the archaea domain. Very similar, ever so slightly different in terms of like 
it would be down to sort of like what the cell wall was made of and that sort of thing and they're very similar so most living species all living species of animals and plants are going to be in the eukarya domain in the eukarya domain you then go into the relevant kingdom so within the kingdom you're going to have animal kingdom plant kingdom fungi so obviously we would fall into the animal, animal kingdom, kingdom. Okay. so you've got these groups Within groups, so smaller groups within larger groups, with no overlap. You only go into one group in on every level. And this is how we classify everything. So it whittles down, whittles down, whittles down to the species that you are. So you can see you've got two wolves, closely related evolutionary wolves. They're in exactly the same group, right down to the bottom. They just happen to be a different species. So that's what classifies them. Is their species. They're in exactly the same group all the way down. The groups are domain, kingdom, phylum, and that is really the key for... You would then be grouped into your closest common ancestor, really, at the phylum stage. For instance, phylum tends to be the way I think about it in my head because our phylum is called chordata, and chordata basically means anything with a backbone. And then you'll have the other phylum would be animals without a backbone. So we would be grouped with animals that have a backbone and with the other animals that would have come from a, an ancestor, the same as us, but we all diverged in a different way. After phylum, it's the class. After class, it is order. Then you go into your family. Then you go into your genus. And then you go into your species. So for these wolves, they are in exactly the same family and genus as each other. And then they just happen to be a slightly different species. So they probably could breed, but they wouldn't produce fertile offspring. And probably we will talk a little bit about next week is how you know that they are a different species. Because obviously they look different, don't they? A coyote is very different to a wolf, really. Yeah. But they obviously are very closely related. So for us, we're in the eukarya, we are animals, so we're in the animal kingdom. We've got backbones, so we're chordata. We are in the mammal class. So you think about a class of so mammals and you've got birds, amphibians, reptiles, all those things with backbones that are then divided further down into how they survive sort of thing. So we're in the mammal class. We are in the order of the primates. We are in the family of is the hominidae, And we are homo sapiens. So our genus is homo and our species is sapiens. That would be our binomial name, Homo sapiens. And that is a internationally or universally accepted naming system. So all over the world, no matter what language you speak, the Latin names that have been given to all living things via classification system, everybody knows exactly what it is. So there's probably birds and different animals out there that are called different things in different countries. Everyone that matters recognises them as their binomial name. Your binomial name is your genus, which is like your generic name, and then your species name, which is your specific name. So it's a little bit like how we have first name, second name, depending on our, like what family we're from. Mm -hmm. So your generic name would be like the surname, which, you know, Matthews, because we're from the same family. And then your specific name, so yours would be Sarah. Anything that comes from the wolf family, effectively, would be in the canidae. And, so, and it's like canine or something. Yeah, be so that sort of thing, exactly. 
so that you'd be in that kind of canine family and then you'd be more specifically a wolf and not a dog and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? When you see written down a binomial name like Homo sapien or whatever those ones are, can I, can I lupus? Lupi, is that what it says? Lupus. Lupus. The genus names would always start with a capital letter and the species name would always start with a lowercase letter and it would always be in italics. If it's written down, underlined, if it's handwritten, it would be underlined. So, as I said, they're universally accepted names for all living things. In terms of thinking about examinations, you would always, always have to, you have to remember the order of the classification groups. You'd have to remember domain right down to species, what each group whittles down to. The way that we we would always have taught, taught it is just through a mnemonic of some kind. And the one that we would teach in school is Dear King Philip came over for good sex. <laughs> no. <laughs> or we can change the S to something else. <laughs> shoes. For good shoes, good soup. But it's easy. It's something that you'll remember. Yeah. Dear King Philip, Domain Kingdom, Phylum, came over. So class, thing is, I would could remember that class thing, but order. then I wouldn't be able to remember these words. If you study it enough and you think about yeah. it enough, you would. Yeah. It's just remembering the order that they mm-hmm. come in. Okay. So a mnemonic is good because you can get questions where it gives you the, a table and you have to fill in the gaps. So That's quite easy. Yeah, it is fairly easy. If and I've you got, know it. I've got a few questions as well that um, you can look at it and it sort of says, right, okay, so what family are they from? And you can look at the diagram and sort of have a go and yeah. see. All of this is based on phylogeny and... As I said, one of the because one of the groups is phylum, that probably plays the biggest role in the classification because that actually shows line of descent. So it shows a common ancestor, and then how each have then diverged from that. So if you were to look up a, a phylogeny tree, you would see that the oldest species would be at the bottom, and then there would be that's not a phylogeny tree, by the way. I think there is one in the exam questions. Okay. So if you look at a phylogeny tree, there'll always be a one common ancestor that everything has evolved from, but they will have diverged off at different times and become a different species. So the ones that are most closely related species would have diverged away from each other most recently, so they would have closer branches on the tree. So that's what phylogeny is really. It's just It shows the evolutionary line of descent and it shows who's most closely related to others. And next week we will talk about the methods of how people work that out. So how do you know who is most closely related? What can you compare the about genes. them? Genes, exactly. And that's really it. Oh, okay. in terms of like new information. Now I've got these really hard questions. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think they're too hard. I think they might need a little bit of little discussion, but that's about it. At teachmescience.co.uk. Well, I've only got two questions, but there's some sub questions for each. So there's three sub questions. The first question is about, is it doves? Do you want to read the information? Micronesia is a group of islands in the Pacific Ocean. The white-fronted ground dove is a bird found on these islands. The diagram below shows how the white-fronted ground dove is classified. Okay. So there's eight things there. Isn't it? Is there eight? One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. So there's there's only seven. So there's no domain, just particularly on that. But the rest is all there. So what's the biggest group? Animalia. So animalia. So that is obviously the kingdom. And then it's smaller and smaller and smaller. 
right down to its uh, genus and species. To which class does the white-fronted ground dove belong? The fourth one down. The fourth one down. Third one down, because it's no domain. It's a bird. Oh, okay, so an a a a v a v. I think that means it flies, right? A- aves. That right. Mean that it flies. That is the aves class. I don't know. I don't know if that means it flies. Does it? I think a spal in the PlayStation game Hyper on the Chamber of Secrets Aberforths, and, and it's it about turns just things into birds. Oh, cool. So that's <laughs> that's really good then. So so obviously we know that the bird is a an animal, and we know it is in Cordata because it's got a backbone. But then it's then going into the bird section of the backboned things. And instead of like mammal or reptile or amphibian and that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's a bird that flies. So it is the third one down because there's no domain. It's just animal kingdom. Yeah. Straight up. Okay. Give the scientific name for the white fronted ground dove. One mark. Is it the last one? The last two. Oh, was the one of them's capital and one of them's not capital? That's right. Gali Columba Kayubai. Yeah. I wouldn't have said it any differently, really. <laughs> so Gali Columba Kubari. But it's the last two. Right, it says, This classification system consists of a hierarchy as there are small groups within larger groups. Give one other feature of a hierarchy that is shown in the diagram. You can only be in one group, so there's no overlap. Remember we said oh, that? Okay. So you can only be in one group in at every level. So you can only be yeah. okay. in one kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can only be in one phylum and so on. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So there's no overlap. So that's what the word hierarchy means. Smaller groups within large groups. You can see that there in that diagram quite nicely. But there is never any overlap. You're only in one group. Yeah. Okay? Question two. Again, I've got three sub-questions for this. And this is about animals that have hooves. Okay, so again, does it start with animal kingdom, Amelia? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and then so on. So starting with kingdom, remember that. Question one, two marks. Exactly what we've just said. What is meant by a hierarchy? There's no overlapping and they're all in one. So you can only ever be in one group. So it's groups within groups, one mark. No overlap, second mark. Okay. How many different families are shown in the figure? Three. Yes, good. Well done. To which phylum does the white rhino belong? The fourth one. I don't know. Chordata. So think, yeah, Chordata, yeah. So think about that again. So I need to look at the picture of the Kingdom phylum. King Philip. It's not got that one, it's just got that one. Yeah. So animal kingdom at the top, Chordata is the second one down, so there's no domain shown again, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. A species is a group of similar individuals that can breed to produce fertile offspring. The species is the smallest group or taxon in the classification hierarchy called taxonomy. This involves eight levels of groups within groups where an organism can only belong to one group in each level with no overlap. This organisation of all living things is based on phylogeny and shows the evolutionary line of descent. Phylogeny trees show those relationships. The common ancestor of all the members will be shown at the base of the tree and then all species that have diverged from them will then have their own branch. The more closely related a species, 
they will have diverged from each other most recently and will be closer on the tree. The largest group or taxon is called the domain, grouping all living things into eukarya, archaea and bacteria. Within each domain there are further groups called kingdoms, then phylum, class, order, family, genus and finally species. Binomial naming is a universally accepted system which uses the genus and species to name all organisms, for instance Homo sapiens, which the generic name or genus is Homo and the species name is sapiens. That's done. Got any takeaways? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight levels. There's eight levels, but for some reason all the questions missed out the top The one. domain, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's because that one's fairly offs. Yeah. Yeah. Which one was it? The phylum is the one where they will know how closely related you are to the other Other things within that group. So that's the one where you will have like the most common ancestor with everything that whittles down from that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of the... recognises this as the... Yeah. So it's it's a universally accepted way of naming all organisms in the world. And then every time a new organism is discovered or a new species is discovered... They will do many different things. Does that happen a lot? To, yeah, I think so. I think there's still probably still things we've never found. I'm sure it does. Because mm. then you can place them on a classification. You can do lots of different methods of sort of testing well, how closely related they are to other things and start putting them into groups. Obviously, it's it's fairly straightforward to start with, but then you're going to get down to what family and genus and species. You can name it if you discovered it. So As long as it's in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good that's some good takeaways there so it's july now so the wider reading is something a little bit different i was looking at a podcast like ours podcasts that are not biology but specifically doing what we're doing which is trying to help people doing a levels and studying biology and i found this podcast called the higher biology podcast and i think it's very different i think it's quite a successful one But it's quite different to ours. It's not like we sit down and we discuss the actual biology you need to know for your exam. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. I think the person that does the podcast also runs a whole online lesson thing. So I think that's where the lessons come from. So like if you needed to know something about classification, you would go onto their website and find that online lesson. You know, that sort of thing. Because it's called the Higher Biology. It's aimed at students from Scotland who are doing hires, which are equivalent to A-levels, I believe, I think. Mm-hmm. The podcast that they actually put out, it interviews with different people. It's definitely something that we don't do or wouldn't probably never do, but I was looking at each episode and then I was listening to a few of them. He's got an interview in the past few months. He doesn't put the episodes out very regularly. It's not like us where we put one out every single week. It's a little bit more hit and miss. It might be a couple in a week and then nothing for a month or Mm -hmm. something like that. But I think, I suppose it's just when he can interview the guests. But I don't know if you remember, recently we had a wider reading that was a book by somebody called Nathan H. Lentz. And it was about mistakes in the human body through evolution. He actually interviewed him and just discussed chromosomal mutations with him and that sort of thing. As a resource for A-level biologists, remember it's being aimed at Scottish students but the biology is the same biology is biology so have a listen to the interviews because there are some excellent ones like particularly the mutations one with Nathan Lentz 
And then there is some brilliant ones on evolution and biodiversity, which is stuff that we're covering now. So we've done natural selection. We're looking at genetic diversity. We're looking at classification. And we're going to be moving a little bit on to biodiversity in the next few weeks. So definitely, if you want to listen to something that is not just about the biology, what you need to know, and, and actually people that work in that arena, listen to the Higher Biology podcast. Was that the bell? Yeah. Well, I've got my England shirt on again. Oh, yes, yes, This yes, is a different yes. England shirt. We're still in, well... We're still in, well, we're at the top mm, of our group. But by the time you listen to this, we might well, be out. <laughs> the, we're at the knockout stages now. It still could be coming home. <laughs> or we might be coming home on Tuesday when we get knocked out by Germany. Yeah. But we're still in. We're still in. How many English shirts have you got? Two. I've got this, is, um, this is a women's England uh, oh, so that's like the English English England, women's English team. Women team. England women's team that they oh. wore at the World Cup uh, oh, wow. two years ago. That's cool. But the you know, notice there's not a star on it because the, well, they've never won. The men's side have won once, so there's a one star. Oh, really? I didn't know that. They've never actually won, so there's no star. Whenever they win the World Cup, teams will have stars and. Oh, on their wow! Thing, I didn't know that. I'm going to be looking at that now. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Teach me football. <laughs> Or soccer. <laughs> soccer, yeah. So I was thinking the other week we were going on and on about football and then people know we're talking about football, right? In England we name it because you kick it football. Foot. It's that simple. Football. Maybe we're just really simple folk. <laughs> we're just like foot. Yeah. Ball. Football. Football's coming home. It's coming home. So to summarise, at the time of recording... We are still in the football. The England. Euros. Yeah. England are still in the football. But by the time we release this episode... They might be out. They Front might be out of... Opened. We're only recording one today, so we have to record next weekend. We'll let you know. Yeah. So it might be coming home. <laughs> or we might be going home. Or we might be going home. <laughs> um, my name is Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. Thank you for listening. Front door. Open. God's we sake. We better go, because the front door's over. <laughs> Bye. Yep. Speak to you. Bye. 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 <laughs>